Hi, I'm Don Mackey, welcome to the Pathways to Rural Prosperity podcast. This show is focused on providing strategies to empower community success and vitality. Each episode will feature interviews with cutting-edge rural development thought leaders and community practitioners, remarkable entrepreneurs from business, government, and nonprofits, and by sharing the learnings of E2 entrepreneurial ecosystems. Connect with me, learn more about E2, and subscribe to this show at energizingentrepreneurs.org. Welcome to Pathways to Rural Prosperity. I'm Shelley Pash, business specialist and ecosystem builder for Kansas Main Street. And today I get to be your host. So I am joined by Mr. Don Mackey with E2 Entrepreneurial Ecosystems, hosted by Network Kansas. Don has worked in the field of community economic development throughout North America for over 40 years. He has a deepening focus on entrepreneur-led economic development, and here's our guy. Welcome, Don. Hello. Hi, Shelley. Glad (laughs) to be with you today and looking forward to our conversation. Well, it kind of resonates with me a little (laughs) bit because (laughs) I started looking at the paper. So today we're going to talk about e-communities, which are entrepreneur communities, and business services. So this is right up my alley. And I look forward to learning more. So we'll dig in first. And before we get too deep, Don, why don't you provide our listeners what you mean by e-communities? You bet. We're having a really interesting discussion nationally. There's a group that the Kauffman Foundation and the International Business Incubation Association has started. Some names you would know. Del Gines is part of this group. (laughs) The KC Fed. And we've been talking about what is entrepreneurial ecosystems. And I think even before we talk about that, we do need to kind of explain this e-communities. And of course, e is just short for entrepreneur, that word that I still, when I'm typing too fast, I transpose my R's (laughs) and I have to go back and correct it because it won't autocorrect. You would think I could get that set with my (laughs) word program. You would think at some point, right? (laughs) But, you know, in our work, we focus on geographies, communities. It could be a county, it could be a city, it could be a region. And e-communities really is when the community, as part of its development game plan, says we're going to focus on helping entrepreneurial talent in our geography, figure out how they can realize their dream by supporting them. And, of course, business services, what we're talking about today is part of that. And, you know, their primary role is to, one, begin to identify the resources that they have that might be useful to entrepreneurs, talk to those entrepreneurs, and then that transaction, networking entrepreneurs to the right resource at the right time, and hopefully at the right cost. And so shorthand for entrepreneurial communities, so we use e-communities. We can thank Mr. Eric Peterson with Network Kansas for the nomenclature. There you go. So, and I do know, I read a little bit about, I was speaking in Alabama at their state conference last August. And I remember reading like the first entrepreneurial ecosystem was coined to describe those people, organizations, resources, conditions, and, you know, all the interactions between everything in a business environment. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, this is kind of foundational. What are you building an ecosystem for? And in our case, we're focused on geographies, but 
you know, in some cases it's organized around industries. For example, in Nebraska, we've got this amazing new cluster of farm to table agriculture that the university is supporting along with other groups. And so you can also build ecosystems, you know, around a cluster of sure. activity as well. But geography is usually where we start. That's the way to do it. So you kind of talked a little bit about the primary role of entrepreneurial ecosystems in supporting a community's ventures and their entrepreneurs by identifying the entrepreneurs, networking the entrepreneurs. Is there anything else you wanted to refresh a little bit more about that? Well, you know, it can get really complicated. And I think if we, you know, reflect on the Kauffman Foundation's Entrepreneurship Summits, I know you were part of some of Hooray! those. So we, yeah. you and I got a great picture. We do. From the convention center there when I think it was either the first or the second one that was hosted. And in some ways, I think we make this too complicated. And I was having this discussion with the city manager in a rural community in Oregon that's thinking about doing this. And and I said, at the end of the day, it's how do you organize your community so that you can go and talk with people who are engaging in this entrepreneurial activity? Chances are most of them don't call themselves entrepreneurs. They're running right. a small business, you know, doing in their part of the world, maybe commercial fishing or forestry products. There's an amazing cheese industry in, in that part of Oregon. And taking the time to build a relationship listening to them, figuring out what their needs and wants are, and then going back into that ecosystem and saying, what resources do we have that could really fit? And I know that's what you do with Main Street in a mm -hmm. lot of ways. I mean, within the Main Street development model, you got to take the time to engage people in the conversations. And if you do, you can help them. And if you can help them, they're going to contribute to community economic development in your community. Right, exactly. And you know, it was Mr. Steve Radley that one of the first times, gosh, back in a uh, long time ago, I don't remember when I had first started meeting with him and working with him, he was the one that said, it is about building relationships, you know, and that has stuck with me all the way through 15 years. I mean, I don't match your 40 by any means, but, you know, I got 15 years <laughs> where I'm always good about that, where that's the number one thing. You're right. Sometimes it does get too complicated and it just, it comes down to the relationship and engaging with them and listening, which I know we're going to get into a little bit with Mr. Ciroli at some point, which I was super excited to see about that too. So Yeah. I mean, I think part of it is, and I know I've shared this story before with you, but you know, I still remember we were working in a really small community. It was an anchor main street business. And they were doing visitation, just dropping in and saying, you know, the community wants to help you. What's going on? And the owner was kind of taken back and later, you know, reached out and said, I want to talk. And this business owner shared the story that, you know, this was back when interest rates were higher, that he had this huge balloon payment coming due on a loan, didn't mm -hmm. know what to do. And at night, he was contemplating that maybe my only way out is suicide and the life insurance might help the rest of the family go forward. That's and, awful. you know, they created that trust. They created that opening. And this individual shared. And within a few months, they worked with the bank. They worked with others. They got that restructured. That business is still going today mm -hmm. with a new generation of owners in that family. You know, it's not always as dramatic as that. But 
you never... I don't know if I've ever heard that story. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. Well, you never know what's going to come across yeah. the transit. Somebody mm-hmm. who says, I really know I need to do online shopping with my business and I just don't know where to begin. And maybe there's a resource in the area that can help with that. That's what we're doing is we're open up in this space for people to let us know where they're at, what they're struggling with, what they hope to do. And then maybe we can find a resource locally or regionally or nationally that can help them make progress. Absolutely. And we have to meet them where they are as, as KLC always says too, you know, and just listen to the story and figure out a way to provide that. I was actually just reviewing an application earlier today for community service program that we have through the tax credits and you know, looking at some of them and one of them happened to deal with mental health issues. And, and I did a little bit of research and finding out in America the last decade, you know, mental health has increased 13% in adults and American adults. So it is one of those things that you just have to make sure that, you know, you can talk about it for sure. And what a great ending to a story that the business is still around. Yeah. And and again, as you know, people don't open up right away. No. But if you create that access, you create that trust, you create that opportunity for those deeper conversations that could be pivotal to their ability to thrive and succeed, whether you have a business failure or a business success in time. And that's right. important. You know, I had a call from, it's just been so cool. Like a couple of weeks ago, I just got a call from a community that I worked in many, many years ago. And hearing them say, oh, we just still miss you so much. And I was like, oh, that's so nice. And, you know, I I got a call last week from another community that I'd worked in and said, I miss you. I'm like, well, that's just awesome. You know, but you just have to have that kind of relationship to build and, and just gain that trust. Because, you know, long time ago when I worked in a community, it was one of those, you know, they thought for some reason that I had the phone number to the biggest state, federal, whatever that I could change, you know, that I'm going to raise their taxes. I'm like, what happened? How did, what, you know, and this is in the first year I'd gotten into this, you know, main street and ecosystem building and stuff. And I'm like, I really don't have that kind of power. I promise you, I do not, not even close. And then, you know, a year, year and a half later, I had the person calling me up and saying, oh my gosh, let me tell you these, you know, this renovation that I've done or, or, you know, I've done this to the facade of the building. So it was really cool that, you know, they were like, oh yeah, she really doesn't have that much power. (laughs) I'm like, I told you, I told you so, but yeah. So I know you said before you tend to make the case that right in our community's backyards, right. There are these powerful resources that can insist entrepreneurs or area business services. So first, provide our listeners with an overview of what kind of business services are helpful to most entrepreneurs, including the things that we've talked about, you know, respect, listening, relationships. Right. Well, I think part of it is oftentimes, again, we make this too complicated. We think that, gosh, this entrepreneur needs help. And maybe the right answer is the Small Business Development Center. But chances are that's not locally. It's regionally based. Might be the right answer. Or there may be a resource at the university or the state. Oh, and we've got some great SBDCs here in Kansas. Yeah. I mean, really, really wonderful. But, you know, 
For others, it may be they need help with QuickBooks. They need to talk to somebody about, okay, what's I've been kind of just operating as a sole proprietor and I need maybe some kind of legal structure, become a limited liability company or what have you. And so they need some legal help. And so in almost all of our communities, particularly if we define our community as regional and rural, we have a lot of business services that have a lot of expertise. And for most of our entrepreneurs in rural America, the vast majority of the help they need can be met locally. And so one way to think about it is there's three basic areas that most communities have this kind of expertise. If not right in town, down the road, you know, at that next larger community, you have that. So You know, the first bucket of business services around production. And, you know, you got to produce a good or service if you're going to sell something, right? So you think about somebody who's starting out, they're kind of scared about hiring. How do I hire the right person? How do I deal with taxes and all of that? That can be pretty fraught. And you go, well, there's nobody in our community who has expertise in, you know, human resources. Okay, that's probably true. Well, if you've got a school... If you got a hospital, chances are there's somebody on the staff who knows all that stuff. And as a community, would they be willing to sit down with this entrepreneur who's getting ready to make those first few hires and just walk them through? And of course, if you then hook them up with a bookkeeper who's maybe locally, they can talk about, okay, with QuickBooks or whatever commercial package you want to use, we can set up withholding and all of that so that it works. So sometimes we have to be creative, but production is the first bucket. The second is marketing. You know, if you're producing a good or service, you've got to connect to customers. And, you know, there may not be a marketing agency locally, but there's probably one in that larger trade center community. So I think about, you know, in my part of the country, there's not a marketing firm in Ogallala, Nebraska, where I went to high school. But if you go down the road to Kearney, there Mm -hmm. is. But also, there's probably businesses in that community who are really good at marketing. Now, I'm kind of drawn on Ogallala where I went to high school, but Jack and Bev Pollock, who ran the Keith County News, the local newspaper, they were great marketers. And if you'd buy a little bit of ad space, they'd work with them. The folks at KOGA Radio knew how to do marketing. And so again, if we think about it, there may be resources locally that have that expertise. You don't necessarily have to hire a marketing firm. You might be able to find a business that's really good at that, let's say using social media to drive customers, or it might be that local newspaper. It might be the radio station. And then finally, the financial stuff. And, you know, legal tax accounting, inventory management, you know, chances are if you've got an auto parts store in your area, they're using inventory management software, point of sale software, you know, so that you know exactly how many batteries of a certain type you have on stock and that you can get from your supplier. So somebody in the retail space, maybe what they need to do is, and I think of you know, Gaylord up in Orton, Nebraska, who runs, he has a chain of auto parts store. He is the expert on point of sales. How do you buy on discount? So you manage your cash flow, you can do that. He's more than happy to sit down and work with people. And so 
at the most basic level, if you're running that ecosystem in a, in a rural area, think about how you can drive business to these folks. And, you know, it may be, Shelly, that these folks are willing to give a bit of free time with the idea that after they give a little bit of free time, maybe they become a customer or maybe the community cost shares to say, you need a bookkeeper. We'll help pay half the cost for six months so you can Mm -hmm. test this out, lower the threshold with the idea that that business really does need a bookkeeper so that the owner can focus on you know, maybe they're doing auto body work or welding or what have you. They can focus on what they love to do and that they're good. Right. So anyway, that's a quick overview, but it's so important because again, we've got these resources that are right in our communities that oftentimes we bypass because we think we have to go to a formal entrepreneurship program or resource. Sure. And, you know, there are some communities that are fortunate to have a main street program you know, we've got them all across the United States. So, you know, look into those, like you've said, your small business development centers or SBDCs. If you have a local college, you know, and heck, YouTube is right there too. I mean, that can help you with some of the things like maybe QuickBooks, if you happen to just be stuck a little bit, right? Yeah. Oh, YouTube's amazing. Yeah, I know. (laughs) My oldest son is a a fashion designer and he bought a very expensive Japanese. How did I not know that? (laughs) You're going to have to come to either Kansas City or Omaha Fashion Week because he'll be showing this year. But anyway, he bought this really expensive commercial sewing machine manufactured in Japan and we had to assemble it. Oh, but he found a YouTube of a guy like us assembling it. And you know what? We got it right. All we right. It, we got it assembled where it actually worked right. That's good. So it's thank, like it's thank, still working. Yeah. So you're absolutely right. YouTube may be a resource as well. Yeah. Yeah. In your colleges. And, you know, I know I've worked with Jim Carell, who works at the Fab Lab. He's the director over there at Independence Community College. And, you know, he was offering through SBDC to have them come in and do a QuickBooks course. And I mean, I'm just kind of stuck on that because that's what popped into my head. But yeah, I mean, you can find those. And and oftentimes I think, you know, I think way back to when I was younger and, you know, I moved into a new community and, you know, where do you go? You go to your main street, you go to your chamber, you know, you go to your city and hopefully they're all in communication where they can, you know, just keep that that line of communication open. So everybody is a great resource for them for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. So let's see, we had mentioned, I know I had brought up Ernesto Ciroli to you a long time ago, and that was for Justin Prejant from Atchison had actually introduced him to me and Ernesto Ciroli with Enterprise Facilitation and what Ernesto refers to to the trinity of management. (laughs) So trinity, I'm going to leave it there with trinity. You suppose there's a religious background with Ernesto? Perhaps, (laughs) perhaps. I know. Oh, it's wonderful to hear him speak too. I just love it. It's just love it. He's a very good presenter. I mean, I, I count Ernesto as one of the major thought leaders in the whole entrepreneurship movement. And for our listeners, if you've not read his book, it's a classic ripples from the Zambezi. Ernesto cut his teeth in entrepreneurship in the developing world in Africa, working for Italian aid and developed, as you said, enterprise facilitation. And while the term may be a little 
odd for people, the, the trinity of entrepreneurship or the trinity of management. It's really important. And as you know, I use this concept all the time because I just believe it. Ernesto makes the point that for most entrepreneurs, particularly ones that are in smaller businesses or ventures, they need to have passion, you know, wake up in the morning and I can't wait to do it. And they need to have competency in three key areas. That production of a good or service, because you got to have something to sell. The marketing, because you got to have customers to sell it to. And then, of course, the business and the finance stuff. And what Ernesto makes the point is for most smaller scale entrepreneurs, they may have that passion in producing something. You know, they make some of the best organic cheeses in the world. I love cheese. <laughs> and maybe they're lucky enough that they got a sibling or a spouse who's good with business, but nobody in that circle is good at marketing. And right. so he makes this point that entrepreneurship at its best is a team sport and that's where I think these local business services can fill that gap. If you're not good at finance, then find, you know, that 50-year-old bookkeeper who's been doing this forever, knows QuickBooks in and out, knows how to do payroll, all that kind of stuff that you hate to do. Yes. What can I take off your plate to make it right? Exactly. Yes. And make sure it gets done right. Yes. And so I think Ernesto's point is well taken that Part of our job in ecosystems is matching folks up with that resource. And so if social media marketing is really important to you, you need to find a resource that's really good at it and maybe pay them a little bit of money to help you do it so that you don't wake up in the morning and go, I know I should do this, but I hate doing <laughs> it, so I'm not going to do it. Yeah. It reminded me too of taking, so I got to audit an entrepreneurship course over at University of Kansas right before the pandemic. And it was really cool to go in because I'm like, well, you know, at that point I was doing this, this work for 13 years. And I was just kind of curious as to what it looked like on the university side and how are you teaching this? Right. And they were doing an incredible job. Janalee Fitchett was doing just incredible. And I mean, that was a little bit of her background too. She was an entrepreneur and through that, I had the opportunity where I had a few people, you know, you need to go and check out this startup school with Brian McClendon, who is the founder of Google Maps, which some friends and I, you know, now are, we're like, it's Brian's Maps. So <laughs> Brian's not getting me to that right location. And of course, that's that's since moved on and been sold and whatever. But I sat through his class and it was incredible. It was an eight week, eight or nine week course. And as 150 of us are sitting in there, I felt that in my opinion, it was getting lost on some of the students, right? Because they didn't have that experience side of things, but everything was he was saying was just keys to the castle. And one major thing that he said almost every, every time any of these classes were going was you have to collaborate with someone. It might not be some, you know, it, you've probably met them here, you know, whether in high school or in college or after a little bit, but they're like, don't start trying to start a business now. That's not a normal C, you know, a normal C of, of going about. But it was really, really cool to hear him. You have to do this with somebody. Just like Ernesto was saying, no one person can have those three things, right? They don't have the personality. They don't have the talent or the passion. Now, I'm fortunate because I've got Pash and Passion in my last name. So <laughs> I'm like, that's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> so there's that. Okay. <laughs> couple more questions. 
So earlier in our conversation, you mentioned demand-driven entrepreneurial ecosystem building. So this seems to be an important consideration. So give us the what and the why of demand-driven entrepreneurial ecosystem building. Well, I think it's really critical to success for communities. And the idea, again, is real simple. If you go out and talk to the entrepreneurs, if you talk to your local business people, your venture people, and they start telling you, here's what I'm struggling with, here's where I would like to get help, then you begin to say, what resources do we have that match up with that? So the analogy I always use is build the grocery store selling the goods and services that your consumers want. Don't build the perfect grocery store that has everything. Because, you know, if you don't have high growth entrepreneurs, you don't need venture capital. What you might need is some LLC gap finance investors, which could be really good or a good community bank that'll do commercial lending. And this is a way to be really efficient. So you're really letting your customers drive what you need to build out in your ecosystem. And so for any community, there's only so much bandwidth. So you want to use that bandwidth, that funding and staffing and volunteers most effectively. And that's best done when you simply connect with your customers who happen to be entrepreneurs, listen to them and make sure you got stuff in your ecosystem that they need. And don't worry about the rest of it until you cross that bridge. And then you can go find the resource that matches up with this new need. And that just is a, it's just a way to optimize and be smart with your resources versus worrying about, well, should we have this program or that program? Let your entrepreneurs educate you about what they need and want. Right. We're the connector of the dots. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) That's, That's what I tell people. And they're like, so do you have funding? Yeah. I'm like, no, that is not what our job is. <laughs> However, if you are a partner of Network Kansas, they would be glad to help you. And it is, I mean, but even, you know, your source links, your Network Kansas's, your Kansas Main Streets, you know, all the way across everything. You have so many of these, we're all Kaufman, you know, we're all connector of the dots and networkers and making our ecosystem builders, Right. So, yes. Well, so I appreciate you. Do you have anything else you want to enlighten us on? I feel like we could just keep going on for sure. Yeah, no, we're probably getting to that point where where we should wrap up. And I'll talk a little bit about some of the resources if communities are interested in how they can energize their area business services to be part of their ecosystem. I see what you did there. At the same time, you know, (laughs) driving customers because you know if your law firms if your accountants if your bookkeepers if your computer offices short or stores are getting more customers they're going to be able to do more they'll continue to learn customers will tell them oh i need help with this which may cause them to say how can i meet that need and in time you strengthen your business services sector which comes back around and means there's more assistance available for your local entrepreneurs. Most definitely. So thank you again for being my guest today. And why don't we, I guess, as we wrap up, share with our listeners some of the actions communities can take to engage their business services in support of entrepreneurial development and your Energizing Entrepreneurs website. You bet. 
Well, a couple of things that we're going to drop with this podcast. We put together, and you've referenced it, a new paper called eCommunities. Again, that's Entrepreneurial Communities and Business Services. And that is a really a guide for communities on why you should do this, how you can do this. And so we encourage you to look at that. We've also put together a new resource that you haven't seen, but I'll be sharing it with you. Just finished that this week on a business services cost sharing program. How can the community provide a little bit of cost sharing to help an entrepreneur connect to a resource? We're really recommending that in most entrepreneurial ecosystems that having, you know, it's one thing to have business finance, you need to have capital, you know, access or availability, but access to good business services is really good. And this kind of program would work for that. So those are a couple of specific resources, Shelley, that really gets into the why and the how. And so we encourage folks to take a look at those. Of course, we'll share once again our paper on entrepreneurial ecosystems if you're still trying to wrap your head around <laughs> what is an entrepreneurial ecosystem. Right. <laughs> and, and, and of course, you know, just a plug, go to our website, energizingentrepreneurs.org. There's a lot of free resources there. Uh, you can join our National Practitioners Network if you're working in building ecosystems. There's our monthly newsletter, which will let you know the newest content that we've found or that we've created that we're sharing, and of course, our podcasts. And so those are just some resources that are always available and some new ones that will be available with this podcast. Awesome. So thank you, of course. It is been great and always my pleasure to have you as the guest today. All my best to you. Yes, thank you. Yes, and all of our best to all of our listeners and Dawn and all of our efforts to grow a stronger rural America, one community at a time. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Pathways to Rural Prosperity podcast. Head on over to energizingentrepreneurs.org where you can subscribe to this podcast and tap into more than 25 years of field experience from E2 Entrepreneurial Ecosystems. I'm Don Mackey, and I'll see you next time on Pathways to Rural Prosperity podcast. Mm -hmm.